0: Today on the podcast, I'm walking you through four mindset questions that will revolutionize the way you approach your goals and expedite achieving them. These are all methods that DJs I've had on the show have tried. They're tested and true. Stick around because I know this episode will be valuable to you. A lot of the DJs we know and love today did not start their professional journeys as DJs. John Summit was famously an accountant before he became the John Summit we know and love today. Lucati told me on this show that he was in quality assurance. Flash Mob told me he was in law school. And a lot of the artists I interview are still working a nine-to-five job. So today I want to talk about how you can shift into your dream career. And I wanted to mystify the process because it's actually a lot closer than you think people think that they're not able to change jobs or make more money because of external factors, things like not having money at, you know, already or not having access to certain people or status or connections or whatever. And sure, that could be a small part of it, but the main reason people do not achieve what they want to achieve is because of mental blockages. So today we're gonna work on solving those blockages because sure, you can technically get by in life, you know, without solving them, but it is not sustainable. I'm here to tell you that healing your mindset will absolutely open a world of opportunities for you. So I am going to walk you today through four mindset questions to get you thinking about how you can achieve your next big goal. And I'm going to use my own journey as an example to kind of frame this. And I'm also going to tie in some stories uh, from artists I've interviewed. And I definitely encourage you to go back and watch those episodes. Like I mentioned, Lucati, Truth and Lies is a good one, Flash Mob, because you will see the themes that I'm presenting today in all of those stories. So a little bit about me. I followed a very traditional path, went to school for journalism, got a job in journalism right after I graduated, didn't learn anything in college, by the way. Most of my learning happened from hands-on training, which was foreshadowing for later in my career. Um, I covered everything from hurricanes to wildfires to presidential elections. I had rocks thrown at me by people while I was out. Reporting in the street, um, put in dangerous crime scene situations and all for $12 an hour. Um, I left the news business earlier than most. Now a lot of people are leaving the news, but back then it was still a taboo thing. You know, I, I looked like I couldn't hack it and I was ashamed and felt guilty and, you know, I think this is also the case for a lot of other people who like me might have an immigrant parent where they really want you to go to college and kind of follow that traditional path. Um, or if you're like somebody who's one of the first to graduate in your family, you know, kind of leaving that career path is a big deal, but it ended up being the best move that I could have made. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. So after that, I got into corporate marketing, didn't love it. The first transition was very hard because, you know, a lot of these companies wanted or expected you to have a, you know, X amount of years experience and blah, 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 track record and this or that. And, you know, I really took that to heart. I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't have this experience. Like, they're not going to pay me. And I kind of that was kind of like a I manifested that. Unfortunately it was a self-fulfilling prophecy that I didn't make a lot of money in corporate marketing either. Um, but you know, after trying out marketing for about three years, I realized I was trying to fit into a box that I couldn't fit into because I didn't have that traditional skill set. And all of the jobs that were higher up from like the coordinator specialist, mid level manager position, they really did want like that, you know, that traditional whatever. I didn't have it. Um, you know, I still could have applied, but at the time my mindset wasn't in the right place. So this is my first mindset question for you. When you are trying to level up your life, think about your goal, whatever it is, what do you do and how do you react when you are presented with a logistical roadblock? So this could look like a job posting saying they want X amount of years and experience in this and this and that, and maybe you don't have that. So how do you address it? Um, do you just assume, oh, you know, I, I can't apply. I can't do this. Obviously, I'm not right for the job, which is, you know, what I did, um, which side note, I can tell you from now, you know, over 10 years in the workforce, people are just making up shit as they go. So don't, you know, don't let any of that hold you back. Um, but really this is about reframing sticking points. So when you encounter a logistical roadblock, how do you reframe that thought? Um, reframing, uh, a roadblock to a challenge or opportunity can look like taking stock of what you know, thinking about your relevant skills that are transferable, thinking about how your unconventional path can actually aid you in succeeding at a role. These are all things that a lot of businesses are actually open and open to, and you won't know that unless you just go for it, right? So instead of just giving up and saying, "Oh well, I don't meet these blanket requirements they put on their LinkedIn post or whatever," um, it actually attempting to showcase why you could be a good person for the job so you know if you want to succeed in life this is one of the best brain exercises that you can do is challenging yourself to find alternate solutions even if you ultimately decide something isn't for you it's a really good brain muscle to work so i encourage you to try it address logistical roadblocks and turn challenges into opportunities Okay. So we're still in the corporate marketing days. I'm working in corporate marketing and I'm starting to take on some freelance opportunities here and there, nothing steady. Uh, this was around when we were just coming out of the pandemic. So like 2021, and I had felt like money was getting tight. So I'm like literally grasping white knuckling every single dollar that I was making. Um, at this time I also started my my first entrepreneurial venture with friends I didn't really realize it was that at the time but you know a business venture it was called rooftop drops my two friends had actually started it already. Um, but I kind of jumped in late. It was a live streaming thing on Twitch where they had like local DJ sets, you know, DJs who weren't able to play during the pandemic could kind of like flex that muscle, whatever. It was awesome. And I was like, Hey guys, like we should, we should monetize this. There's ways to monetize the Twitch stream. And maybe now that clubs are opening back up, like we could do a hybrid situation where we're coming in and live streaming from clubs. Like how, how cool would that be? Um, so we did one event and just one, and, uh, it was a lot of effort for just one event. And it actually ended up being with a legendary DJ, Paul Johnson, who sadly passed away a couple months later. He became a really good friend of mine though, during that year that I met him, I do have an episode tribute to him if you want to check that out. Um, but we did that one event and it was a lot of work. And I think I made like 200 bucks when it was all said and done, when we paid everybody out, um, working with friends turn business partners was really tough. I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, ultimately that's the reason why a lot of friendship business partner situations end up turning sour. Um, and the business rooftop drops was ultimately a failure on paper. We lost more money than we made. uh, but more importantly, um, we couldn't get on the same page and work well together. And this experience definitely made me gun shy from entrepreneurship because, I didn't feel like I had the financial wiggle room to try again. So this is where mindset question number two comes in. How do you view failures? I'm sure you've heard the term before. There's no losses, only wins and lessons. And I did not believe that then, but I certainly believe it now. Um, because I had learned so much in the long run from that failed business about how I work well with others or not so well. Uh, and then general business topics like taxes and LLC stuff and filing and shares. And yeah, so what you have to realize is, you know, the path to success is never straight, never for anybody. There's going to be detours and you just have to embrace it. So there's a few tips on how to deal with failure, which again, I did not do well then, but I do now. Um, and I have failed plenty of times since, trust me, I made a course, I like sunk like $4,000 into a course for TV news reporters to help them get out of news. And it flopped. I think I sold like, I think I had four students anyway. Okay. So number one, this is the most important. It's forbidding yourself from negative self-talk. You can't achieve your next goal. If you don't fix this, it's not sustainable. So instead of saying, I I'll never do this. I can't do that. Say, I learned from this or I found this out. It takes a while to get to this point, but if you treat most of these experiences as neutral, you can always find like a positive and a negative aspect. You can also use this as an opportunity to establish a fail forward mentality. Um like it's actually exciting to fail because now you have more knowledge and insight than you did before you started and you know you'll never go back to the place you once were, you know, when or before that experience happened. So whether it's a job or relationship, now, you know, this is, this is part of the human experience and you know, it's part of what makes life beautiful because the failures make the successes even more sweet. So at this point, after my first failed business venture, I am trying to find a new full-time job because the one I was working at the time was taking up more hours than normal, but I was making the same pay, which was bad. Um so I began applying to jobs left and right knowing that I was going to have a hard time finding something that would really like utilize my skill set and pay me fairly but I was I was stressed so I'm applying to other jobs and I got a job offer that was ultimately crap I went through like four or five interviews with this guy he ran like a private dinner community like private like chef you know experiences in different major cities it was actually a cool concept but when he sent me the employee agreement Um, it said in there that I could not take on any other work. So no freelance jobs. I couldn't even work at Starbucks if I wanted to. And the salary he was offering was like 60 K, which was garbage. So I professionally told him to go screw himself. Then I went through like six or seven interviews with a software as a service company for a copywriting position. They sent me an unpaid writing test right before the holidays with like a 48 hour turnaround time. After I did all that, they sent me a generic rejection email. After, talk, after putting me through all of that, they sent me a generic rejection email. So I'm, I'm freaking out, right? I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And around this time, I saw a video for vision boarding. And I was like, you know what? Let me just give this a shot because I really have nothing to lose and I am at my wits end here. Uh, that really changed my life, let me tell you. I started writing out my goals. I was getting really specific about them. And I actually have this process now that I did back then and continue to do once a quarter. I have it all laid out on my TikTok. It's one of my first pin videos. I also have a manifestation resource hub where you're going to get like a full in-depth guide on how to do this vision boarding process that ultimately changed my life. Um, and I wrote down, I knew I wanted to start my own business and tailor my services and offerings to what I am good at, not what you know other people say I need to be good at. Um, I wrote out what my business would look like, what I'd offer, which has changed a lot over the past two years. And then I wrote out like a reasonable timeline to achieve certain, uh, revenue benchmarks before I would have to go back to applying for jobs. Now doing this process actually gave me a little sliver of confidence to go for it because I had thought about this so often in my head in spurts, but I never wrote it down. I never put pen to paper. Um, Now, that isn't to say I wasn't terrified, right? Because I grew up with something called a scarcity mindset. Maybe you've heard this before, and this is mindset question number three. Do you have a scarcity mindset? A scarcity mindset, the definition online, it's based on the belief that you will never have enough of something. And then I put this here, the sky's always falling because that's really how it feels. And then if you make one step outside of your comfort zone, something terrible is going to happen that's a scarcity mindset. So if that sounds familiar, here's some more signs that you might have one because I find these very interesting. Number 1, you constantly worry about money. I did this even though I was we were fine. Like we it, things weren't great, but we were fine, but you're constantly worrying about money even if you're financially stable. Number 2, you're overly frugal. Number 3, you don't share resources whether that's like opportunities or even just knowledge because you're afraid that if you give something to others like you might be left with less. That was never the case for me, thankfully. I, I love to share free game all the time, but that's but that's a sign of a scarcity mindset. Uh, number four, you're jealous of everybody. Five, you have a hard time making decisions, that analysis paralysis. Six, you overwork because you've, you're afraid if you don't work all, of, all the time, you're not gonna get opportunities, you're gonna miss opportunities. And then this one is odd. I think this is number seven. Um, it is so true. This one's so true. And I used to be like this and I see this in my coaching clients all the time you hesitate to invest in yourself, whether that be education, tools, whatever it is, because you fear losing money, even if it's for something that's going to benefit you in the long run. That's crazy. Um, number eight, you avoid risk. Uh, you, number nine, you think resources are fixed and limited rather than something you can create and expand. Uh, okay. If any of these sound like you, then you might have a scarcity mindset and that's okay. I sure did. I was a jealous person. I, um, thought other people got opportunities because they were connected and, you know, they already had status or money or whatever. Uh, not because they made them, you know, they created them. I didn't think that was possible. Um, and I never invested in myself. Oh my God. If I had to buy something for myself that had to do with any sort of personal development, I bought like the cheapest version possible which is so detrimental. So going back to this vision boarding, right? I had this plan for my business laid out in front of me, but I also had this heinous scarcity mindset. Then I had what the kids call today a Canon event. (laughs) Um, a big thing that changed my life. I cut off a relationship with a family member, the one who actually passed down the scarcity mindset to me. And all of a sudden I just felt free. Um, I quit my job. I gave myself a six-month deadline to start and be successful as an entrepreneur. Now, for you, you don't need to have a canon event. You don't need to have like this watershed moment, right? You can shift from scarcity to abundance at any time. My best piece of advice to you is to do what I did. You got to put the blinders on. You got to write out your goals, and you have to challenge every limiting belief that pops into your head. I have two playlists on my TikTok. One is called Manifest and Create. The other is called Abundance Versus Lack. There's like hours of tips on how to do this. So I highly suggest you go check those out. All right. So we're chugging along and I quit my full-time job and went balls to the wall on starting my own business. Now I won't get too deep into the weeds here, but remember how I said I have like these random skills? You know, I was a TV reporter, I, w- I was in marketing. So obviously, writing is a skill set of mine, storytelling, social media, PR. I basically took all those things and made packages based on my skills. And what I saw were the needs of people who I could serve. I was clear about the things that I could do, clear about the things that I couldn't do and didn't want to do. Um, and as time went on, I began to refine those offers based on the demand I was seeing for certain things. So a lot of companies are now outsourcing their marketing. It's just a trend that's happening now. So I definitely capitalized on that. Um, I went from zero clients to having a six-figure business in less than a year. I'm not lying about that. And uh, everything was going great. I was getting really comfortable in a good groove, but this desire started to bubble up in me. Um, one that had been dormant since the failure of my first business, I wanted to get back into the music industry. I already go to so many shows. Um, I love this music so much. I love house and techno. So I had already licked my wounds from my failures. I was feeling good again. So I was like, you know what? Now it's time to go even bigger and better. So I'm thinking and I'm thinking, and I'm like, how can I combine my skill set with my love for this music? And one thing I started doing was cold cold emailing um, uh, different businesses in the music industry, offering my consulting services. And that worked out great. I ended up actually working with, I don't know, for those watching, you can see 6 a.m. Uh, I ended up working with 6 a.m. Group out of LA on some TikTok consulting. Um, and I've actually remained friendly with, with them since. In fact, I interviewed the founder, Jia Wang, on this very podcast. And you should go check that episode out because it's a masterclass in music entrepreneurship. Um, so that was awesome, but I always had this desire to be on stage, to be on screen. Okay. Like I admit it. I like being the center of attention. That's why I'm doing a video podcast and, uh, I'm on the treadmill one night and I'm looking up like DJ interviews and I see this one with Boris Brecha. It was in another language, obviously German, and I'm like, ah, I need to be doing this. So I text my husband and I save this text message and you can, if you're watching, you can see it here. I said, I need to be a freelancer for insomniac reporter. Yep. I will figure out how to do that and then make a specific demo reel for them. So this is where mindset question number four comes in. Do you know how to visualize things with your mind's eye and believe in the unseen? Huge question. Most important question of my life, actually. So what do I mean by that? Okay. Logistically speaking, if you see a job opening on the market, you can reasonably assume that that job exists, but what if there's nothing? What if you have no physical proof that something could be done? I always use this example of Steve jobs. Um, Steve jobs didn't have like a blueprint for the iPhone. He was the original, right? He believed in the unseen. He envisioned it with his mind's eye and he brought it to life. Now, Steve jobs, me not putting us in the same category. Okay. That was just a very general example. Um, I didn't see any info online for Insomniac hiring a host to interview people, but because I had created my business from nothing and that was going well, I figured why not try to create something new again? So I sent in a demo tape to Insomniac and I said, Hey, here's my background. Here's what I do. You guys should like hire me. Like you should totally hire me. And, uh, the next thing, you know, they got back to me like the next day. After I sent this email and I was doing live interviews with some of my favorite artists at EDC Orlando a few months later. Now, had they not responded to me, that would have been totally fine too. Why? Because I have shed my scarcity mindset. So I would have just kept chugging along and making, you know, demo reels, continuing to do that and sending them to other companies. Um, a lot of people protest when I tell this story because they're like, oh, I don't want to waste my time creating something just to be rejected or, not even have them see this, which, hello, I can argue, like, I'm still growing my podcast, but I'm still putting out an episode every fucking week, even though social media algorithms don't want people to see it. Well, you know, they'd be right when people, you know, people who say that they'd be right, because uh, you need to put a lot of intentionality and focus behind visualizing something. If you want to take the intangible from, from intangible to tangible I have a deep belief in this podcast. I had a deep belief that I could be a reporter for Insomniac. I have a deep belief in anything I do, and I put a lot of intention and thought behind those actions. So, how can you do this? I've already made a lot of suggestions in this episode. Visualization practices, vision boarding, meditation. All great things that can help you drum up a lot of focused energy. Um, I have tons, like I don't want to make this episode too long. I have tons of Resources on my TikTok and my manifestation resource hub, but I encourage you to start at my TikTok, those two playlists, Manifest and Create and Abundance versus Lack. Um, I'm linking both of them in the show notes of this episode. Go check those out because you've got hours and hours, literally could scroll forever on advice on how to believe in the unseen and achieve your one big goal. So to recap, if you are looking to make a major change in your life, if you're looking to achieve a big goal. There are four mindset questions you need to really challenge yourself on. And if you do, I promise you will expedite achieving that goal. Again, the mindset questions. Number one, how do you address logistical roadblocks? Number two, how do you respond to failures? Number three, do you have a scarcity mindset? And number four, do you believe in the unseen? Again, I have tons of resources on how to work through all of this on my TikTok and my Manifestation Resource Hub. Both are linked in the show notes. And all the episodes I've had with other artists, you're gonna see these themes weaved in. So go check out my entire playlist on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I talk to artists about these topics all the time, it is an integral part of the show. If you enjoyed the show today, the best way you can support is to share with your friends, subscribe, give me a follow. I will see you next week. I'll be back again with another interview. See you then.